Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I'm joined by Alicia Browning. Alicia is married to Jacob, who is the pastor at our Flint campus, and they have Jonah, who's three, Naomi, who's 16 months, and they're expecting their third. Congratulations. So exciting. Today, Alicia's here to share about her journey with perfectionism and finding freedom in Christ. So welcome, Alicia. Thanks for having me, Taylor. So glad you're here today. Now, before we get too deep into this, can you sort of define perfectionism? Tell us what it is. Give us a little framework for where we're going. So I have two definitions. One is the refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. The other is the tendency to demand of others or oneself, an extremely high or even flawless level of performance in excess of what is required. Mm, This is going to be good. I love where we're headed with this. Um, So uh, part of your story, if ladies were at Life Together in February, if you weren't, you can watch that. I'll put a link in the show notes, um, was a struggle with perfectionism in your life. So when did you realize that you were dealing with perfectionism? So growing up, I did gymnastics for 14 years. So I was always working to obtain that perfect 10. And in college and early adult life, I noticed how that had bled into my everyday life Mm -hmm. of expecting perfection and striving for perfection. And whenever I didn't reach that goal, I would be extremely hard on myself Mm -hmm. and ultimately just feel like I had failed. So So it started off perfectionism with you? Started off perfectionism with me. Yes. Okay. So how has that shown up in your life? Has it affected your relationships with other people? Kind of want to go through spiritual work life, social life, family life. Like give us the rundown. Sure. Um, Starting with spiritual, I'd say that I had an idea of what I thought quiet time had to look like, Mm -hmm. um, being, you know, an hour at this time of day, have your coffee, have your perfect place to sit and just go through your Bible study. And I quickly learned, uh, especially with two toddlers that it's just going to be different each day. Mm -hmm. And, Far from perfect. Well, and the hard thing with that is nowhere in the Bible does it say that's what our quiet time has to look like. No. But we see the post on Instagram, I got my coffee and my Bible and I'm good. And then we just kind of have the comparison, which not that posting about your coffee and your Bible is bad. Don't hear me say that. But our time with the Lord every day is not something that can be compared to anybody else's. Mm -mm, That's exactly right. It's the social media highlight reel of put forth your absolute best Mm -hmm. and what looks perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that really feeds perfectionism. And I think that's why so many people do struggle with perfectionism. Which is something like we can't control what other people post. Mm -mm. And so having um, guardrails up in our life 
to say, okay, maybe I need to take a break from this, or maybe I need to unfollow this person. Let me just say, there's no shame in unfollowing somebody. Like, even if they're your best friend, if there is something causing you to have something in your heart, um, whether that's perfectionism, comparison, whatever, having, it's not, it's okay to put up a guard on that. Yeah. When it, when it leads to feeling not good enough Mm -hmm. and doubting your worth Mm -hmm. in Christ, that is where you really have to take a step back and make changes. Which is really the root of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So how else has it shown up? So work life, I am a former gymnastics coach. Mm -hmm. So I coached girls at a very high level who were trying to obtain scholarships or become elite gymnasts. So I had extremely high standards for them. And that was great. They led um, that led them to get great mm-hmm. um, success, yeah. performance, mm-hmm. everything. And I learned the last few years, I really focused on helping them understand the balance mm-hmm. that they needed to see the importance of giving themselves grace mm-hmm. and not that gymnastics wasn't important, but it wasn't the only thing that you can be successful at. And you can't just define your success um, by your performance. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and in gymnastics, perfectionism is, perfectionism is something that could serve you well. Like it's mm-hmm. going to lead to a lot of great opportunities, but might affect you emotionally and mentally in a negative way if – you continue in that for so long. Is that right? Mm-hmm. You just have to um, know why you're striving per- for perfection. Mm-hmm. So if it's being perfect in your routine or something or your skills mm-hmm. to get that score, that's one thing. But if it starts bleeding into um, the rest of your everyday life or you can't handle it if you make a mistake Mm -hmm. and you're too hard on yourself, that's where it was important for me to help them understand that their worth isn't just in their gymnastics Mm -hmm. performance, but it was ultimately in Christ. Yes. um, It was also a great ministry opportunity. Oh, absolutely. What a cool door that the Lord opened and let you get to be a part of. Yeah. I love those girls. Okay, so tell us about socially how perfectionism has showed up. Socially, I would say just wanting to always be able to say yes, mm-hmm. wanting to be there, anything that's going on that I wanted to be a part of, mm-hmm. I really wanted to make the effort to go. And that led to being exhausted, worn thin, mm-hmm. and not present at home. Mm-hmm. This is primarily before we had kids, but uh, I had to get that expectation of myself under control Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) before our family expanded. And I'm so thankful that I have a husband who helped me walk through that and understand that it's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not like, you're not disappointing other Mm -hmm. people (laughs) by saying no. People understand. And even if people are disappointed, it's okay. Mm. We've talked about this on the podcast before, and I think it's in a book, but when you say yes to something, there's a silent no to something else. So if you're saying yes to all the social things, there's a silent no there to your kids or your family or your job, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's worth it and sometimes it's not. Like you just have to be able to work through that. 
with yeah. the Lord. That's exactly right. Jacob always says, uh, your one yes is a thousand no's. Mm. So what are you saying yes to and how important is that really? Mm-hmm. Um, I also had to learn socially that people aren't nearly as hard on me as I am on myself. <laughs> so if I often have to think, man, if people were really thinking how I'm thinking about myself, that would be terrible. Yes. But they're not. And you'd never think about other people the way that you think about yourself. Yeah. And like some so of the things hard. we say to ourselves, we would never say that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. No, it's my, I'm my harshest critic. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's just getting that from your head to your heart. Yes. Like, I know this is true, but I need to actually believe it. Yes. <laughs> okay. And, and then what about your family life? Family life. So as a wife, I, I mean, I want to keep a clean house. I want mm-hmm. to cook healthy foods. I want to host friends and family and be everything that I think my husband expects. And as a mom, uh, social media, as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. is a big thing. You see all these highlight reels of people's kids and how they're dressed or the activities they're doing. And they're eating perfectly. Per- perfect post yeah. pictures mm-hmm. and healthy meals. And it's just not that. Like with my two-year-old or now three-year-old eating, there's a stage where he would only eat chicken nuggets and pizza. <laughs> I love that. And we're, I think we're getting out of it. But I would feel like a failure of a mom uh-huh. because I couldn't get him to eat anything uh-huh. healthy. But the important thing is he's eating. He's eating. <laughs> yeah. He's still growing. He's fine. Um, but the pressure that I would put on myself mm-hmm. to be that perfect wife, that perfect mom, mm-hmm. that perfect homemaker um, really weighs on you. And just knowing that... There's grace, mm-hmm. knowing that my husband doesn't expect perfection, mm-hmm. uh, and my kids definitely don't expect perfection. They want their mom playing with them in the mm-hmm. playroom with toys everywhere mm-hmm. rather than me in there cleaning up and making sure the house is a certain way. Mm-hmm. So just having to keep the perspective of be in the moment, be what they need then, and things will get done eventually. (laughs) So when did you realize that Jacob didn't expect perfection for you? Like, was that a conversation y'all had to have? Or was that just kind of like learning over time? Like, oh, it's okay if this doesn't happen. So it's kind of been a continual conversation Mm -hmm. because I don't consider myself just completely changed and done having these perfection. Never struggle with this again. Yeah. (laughs) Perfection struggles. So I think it was within our first couple months of being married, mm-hmm. he saw that I was um, just struggling with, I feel like I have to be this certain thing mm-hmm. and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So then how is this going to work? Mm-hmm. And he just told me in the most loving way, Alicia, stop being so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't expect perfection. I don't expect you to be this way all the time. I just want you to be present. Mm -hmm. I want you to get what you need. I want us to continue to grow and have open communication. And that's exactly what has 
been these last almost five years of marriage is this constant back and forth of, hey, I see this coming out in this. Remember, that's not one what is right and Mm -hmm. don't find your worth Mm -hmm. in how perfect you're being. Find your worth in Christ. But that's not what I expect and or need. So Well, and that's the thing too that like you have to figure out the balance for your family. Like I remember when we were first married, I was like, okay, I need to plan all the meals and cook all the meals and all the things. I don't like cooking. <laughs> and my husband and I were both working all day and I, it was just a ball that was continually dropped. And thankfully my husband Aaron was like, you know, I could do that. And so he would start cooking some meals. And now he meal plans everything and grocery shops for us. And let me just tell you, he's way more gifted at that than I am. Good job, Aaron. And so you have to figure out what works for you. Like, I don't know if it's something for women that have grown up in the church that have seen the standard of how women have to take care of their husbands and their families and nobody else in the house has to do anything. But we have a home and a life together and maybe he's gifted into something that I'm not gifted in. Like the Lord put us together for that. And so leaning into the gifts instead of just putting the pressure of everything has to be done on me. Mm-hmm. And I think too, we have to look at how are we going to glorify the Lord? It's not glorifying to the Lord for me to put all the pressure on myself to do everything because my attitude's going to get real short, my tone of voice, my passive aggressive, whatever. And that's not glorifying the Lord. So having a healthy conversation of, I need some help and I need us to do this together can be so beneficial because then your relationship's going to be better if you're not resentful of them for not doing things, you know? And it just builds a stronger line of communication so that when something else comes up in the future, you have that trust that's just being built stronger and stronger Mm -hmm. from that past communication. Yes, and being able to rely on each other and not, okay, like I'm sick or I'm out of town or whatever, well, nothing's going to happen. No, like things can still move on. Yeah. And helping, I think is so helpful not to hold that line of perfectionism. Like there are toys all over your playroom. So what? Your kids had a good day. Yeah. (laughs) Life's happening. That's a good thing. I think it might be more concerning if somebody came over and there were no toys. We'd be like, everything good. (laughs) Yeah. We have a, one of the systems we have in place is we have a gate Uh from our living room into our playroom. So it's a wide opening, but there is a gate. Uh Uh (laughs) So if we do have company coming over, sometimes our playroom looks like a tornado. Just get the toys, the toys on the gate. <laughs> on the other side of the gate in our living room has space to walk and not trip. But it's that's been a huge help. For well, us. and I love that you use the word systems and like having systems in place that help you have more peace of mind, but also give yourself grace. Yes. That's really cool. Okay, so Moving past kind of how perfectionism has shown up in your life, how have you found freedom in Christ? How have I found freedom in Christ? Um, I go to 2 Corinthians 12, 9, when it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Mm. I just sit in that for a second and think that God's power is made perfect in my weakness and his grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. So that's not a situational thing. That's Mm -hmm. an all the time Mm -hmm. thing. So all of my weaknesses, every single one of them, and there are many, Mm -hmm. 
that is used to show God's power. Mm. And the grace that he gives is just, there's no amount that is Never limited. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not limited. So, and it's sufficient all the time, not just some of the time. And not just certain areas of life. Not just certain areas of life. So when I think about that, I think that's the just easiest way to see the freedom that can come from Christ from a struggle with perfectionism mm-hmm. or expectations or comparison that wherever you are weak, um, ultimately God's going to use that. Yeah. So That's so good. How has the Lord used your perfectionism and just kind of your journey with that for his glory? Well, two things came to mind. One was success in gymnastics. Mm-hmm. So being a perfectionist, it um, allowed me success on the gymnastics floor mm-hmm. and the opportunity to compete at a high level mm-hmm. at the University of Florida. And I was one of the few believers on the team. So I was able to really mentor girls who were, you know, maybe baby believers or of different areas of faith Mm -hmm. that were wanting to ask questions. I got to encourage them with, here's a Bible and help them, uh, you know, maybe start their walk. So cool how the Lord gives us those opportunities. Like, I love that he gave you that. So it was, it was a really special thing to be able to have that platform Mm -hmm. and, uh, walk so closely with those girls and just really keep my s- standards and expectations of mm-hmm. myself with my morals and values that are rooted in the Bible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and have that be reflected in my life. And it looked different than what other people and other athletes at the university did. Um, another has been stepping into the interim part-time kids minister role Mm -hmm. at the Flint campus with my dear friend, Kristen Clifton. We have basically split responsibilities. So she is handling all the stuff in front of a camera or in front of the kids and, uh, with curriculum. And I am more gifted in, organization uh-huh. and planning, communicating and creating systems to help things run smoothly. So I think God's used my giftings in this specific role mm-hmm. to help get this ministry in a yes. place that we are able to serve families well mm-hmm. and grow and just prepare for the next season of growth at our Flint campus with these Kids. And it's so cool how the Lord put y'all together in your different giftings and abilities to be able to make it not only just function, but like truly thrive. Yes. That's been so cool to see. It, it has. And it's been such a blessing to be able to just walk in my giftings and not, <laughs> not have to 
force something, force something, do something that's extremely uncomfortable, um, and know that God is using both of us mm-hmm. uh, in our specific giftings to do that role. So, so cool. that's been good. I love it. Well, the last question I'll ask you today is what encouragement would you offer someone struggling with perfectionism? I would say that it isn't bad to have high expectations Mm -hmm. and standards if you do so for the right reasons. Mm. So if you're doing it for God, for his honor and glory, Mm -hmm. for his purpose. So just constantly seek him, seek his purpose and remain focused on his will for your life. And there's always grace when Mm -hmm. you get off track or get focused on yourself and what your um, perfection, life, comparison, all that looks like, you can always slide back over and get back on track with the right reasons for striving for excellence. So good. Now, I said that was the last question, but we actually have two more that we ask every podcast guest, which you know. Um, What is something you're learning and what is something you're loving? So I'm learning tennis right now. (laughs) That sounds so fun. Jacob and I have been doing Tennis 101 at a tennis center around town, and I have never played a sport with a ball. Like I've only done gymnastics. Uh-huh. So hand-eye coordination is <laughs> not my strong suit. <laughs> Something to be learned. But it's been so fun to learn and do it with him. It's been a good um, good thing to get us out and active. Okay. So <laughs> my husband played tennis in high school and I have been trying to convince him to teach me and he won't do it. And I think because he knows I would be crazy and it would just be stressful. It's hard. Yes. And you they feel, make it look so easy. Yeah, you feel just uncoordinated uh-huh. and I miss a ball. I'm like, I'm striking out. And it's like, that's the wrong term, Alicia. <laughs> but it's. <laughs> so do it's you grunt good. when you hit the ball too, like you see on TV? No, Jacob does. Though. He, <laughs> he said that's what gives him the power. Oh my um, gosh. But he's a baseball guy. So he, he knows hand eye coordination. Uh-huh. So he's, he's out there doing amazing. But. Uh, it's been a really fun, that is so fun, fun experience for us. So, There's where perfectionism. I cannot have an ounce of perfectionism no. in learning. So tennis. do y'all play doubles like on the same team, or do y'all play against each other? So right now we're just learning the stroke. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like we're learning forehand, backhand, uphand. I think that's what it's called. Sure, something. We're just. Learning the very basics. I love it. So it's been fun. (laughs) What a fun, like, date night idea to learn something together. Yes. I love it. Okay, so what is something that you're loving? I, so I'm loving a new bakery in town. Laurel and Pearl is great. Oh, it's so good. So delicious, everything there. But really, I'm loving my kids' ages. So with Jonah and Naomi being three and 16 months, they are starting to play together Aww. well, and she just follows him around everywhere and plays dinosaurs and roars with him, and he helps her. She's learning to do a little scooter, and he helps her when she falls. It's just oh, the cutest precious. thing, and uh, their personalities are just showing more and more each day, and I just love, I love the season, and I just love being their mama. So. I love that. I love that. And back to Laurel and Pearl, you're actually the second person to say that that's what they're loving really? on the podcast. Wow. Um, it's pretty amazing. So that 
tells our listeners anything. And we have listeners all over the world, so maybe you need to travel to Tyler and destination yeah. for the donuts. Come during Easter, visit one of our Easter services, and then go get you some Laurel and Pearl. It'll yes. be perfect. Yeah. It'll be amazing. Yeah. Um, which, speaking of Easter, before we close today, um, will you share what um, service times are going to look like at Flint? And then I'll share Tyler for Easter. Yes. At the Flint campus, we have our Good Friday service is going to be Friday, April 7th mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then on Easter, we have a 930 service and an 11 o'clock service that will be identical. Mm-hmm. And also at those times, we will have connect group for all ages birth yeah. through adults. And there's going to be some fun activities going on on Easter. We'll have a photo booth, and um, it'll just be a great Sunday celebrating our risen Savior. I love it. Um, for Tyler Campus, we'll also do a Good Friday service at 6 p.m. We're adding a Saturday service for that weekend at 5 p.m. Same as the Sunday morning. It's just going to be on Saturday night. And then on Easter Sunday, we'll do a 9.30 and 11 o'clock service and then connect groups at 8, 9.30, and 11 for all ages. And I think our connect groups are doing donuts and coffee. Ooh. Yeah. And photo booths, of course, because you got to get your family Easter photos. And even if they're not perfect, you got to get them. <laughs> All those dresses. <laughs> Kid crying in the background. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It's cute. That's what people want to see. Well, Alicia, thanks for being here and sharing your story with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.